News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Peak time electricity usage must be slashed to avoid power outages, the energy regulator has warned. The Commission for Regulation of Utilities has ordered electricity suppliers to find ways to curb the surge in demand for power that occurs every day between 5pm and 7pm. Warren Lynch, energy economist at the ESRI, uh, joins us. Um, Warren, how is this going to work? What is the, the CRU proposing and how can it be implemented? Yeah, so first of all, that's exactly the right word to use. This is a proposal, this is a a consultation paper that the CRU has um, published. And this particular consultation paper specifically has to do with network tariffs. So this is to do with what do you pay in order to be able to access the electricity network, in order to be able to access the wires, all of that. Mm. Now, they've proposed four changes to network tariffs. Now, you and I don't pay any network tariffs directly. Our supply company pays them on our behalf. So this would be the likes of Electric Ireland, Energia, Borgash, whomever you get your bill off. That's your supply company. They pay a tariff to connect to the network on your behalf. And the CRU is proposing some changes, four changes to those tariffs. And only one of those tariffs is actually going to impact on uh, domestic suppliers or, or companies that supply domestic suppliers. Now, the way it would work is they would have to pay the, the structure of payments that they would have to make in order to access the network would change a bit depending on how their consumers use electricity at peak times. But that's kind of as far as it goes. After that, it's up to the supply companies to see, well, what will they do with that? Now, obviously, it's great for the supply companies if they can encourage their customers, you and me, to reduce our peak time usage. But there's not many ways they can do that other than maybe getting us onto smart meters or those of us who have smart meters getting us onto smart tariffs. Um, So it remains to be seen how the supply companies, first of all, what the final decision is. And then once the final decision is made, it remains to be seen how the supply companies act and how they go about kind of passing that cost on to their consumers. Okay, I'm, I'm reading one report here suggesting that households are to be told they must pay an extra €26 on average uh, to their ESB bills to ensure the lights are kept on this winter. Um, Are you saying too early to kind of put those kind of figures on that? Well, I mean, that is the kind of the extra charge that the supply company will face. But it remains to be seen, what does the supply company do with that? Do they just loaf an extra €26 onto everybody's bill? Um, Or do they hike up their tariffs? Do they they add it onto the cost, into the fixed portion of people's bill? Or ideally, what we'd like them to do in a way is to find a way to encourage us to reduce that peak time usage. um, Yeah, well, I was was going to ask you, how realistic is that, uh, the idea of of getting people not to put on the dishwasher, the washing machine, whatever else, uh, between five and seven o'clock? So Ireland actually was ahead of the curve about 10 years ago, and we ran a a randomised controlled trial on smart meters. Um, So we picked a bunch of households and businesses, we gave them a smart meter um, and we got their permission to monitor their usage. And we were able to see if you're on a time of use tariff. So this is a tariff that charges you more between five and seven o'clock and then charges you very little between maybe 11 o'clock at night and 8 a.m. in the morning. If you're on one of those tariffs, do you change your usage? And the answer is 
Yes, though maybe not in the way we expected. But the one thing people definitely did do was reduce their peak time usage. Now, one of the things we expected was that you might reduce your peak time usage and shift it to another part of the day. That didn't seem to happen. People just kind of, it seemed to be more of an an energy efficiency measure than a complete um, and then a shifting of demand. So the question, though, is, all right, well, that's what people did in a trial. Um, And there's loads and loads of people now who have smart meters, but aren't on smart contracts. So how do you get somebody who has a smart meter to take up a smart contract? Now, the international literature suggests that take up of smart contracts is actually on the low side in general. um, But there's huge variation around that. So it's really a kind of an open question of is there more suppliers can do to get people onto smart contracts? Uh, Yes or no. Is there? I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, there are probably we know that supply companies do send people door to door in order to get people to switch supplier. The fact that they do that would suggest that they, you know, there are some rents to be made there. Um, I, I do. General, I have to say, if, if I thought I could make savings, I, I, I would definitely yeah, well, do it. You certainly can make savings um, if you actually respond to the tariffs, of course. So if you have a smart meter in your house yet, I don't know if you do, but get onto your supply company. Okay, well, once you get yours installed, ESB Networks is installing one in every every home in the country. But I do think that certainly there are savings to be made, and the research suggests that there are savings to be made, which is why the cost-benefit analysis was positive. Um, but the but we're still not sure about how to actually get people to switch. It seems things like informational campaigns or even somebody like me on the radio saying you should really switch to a smart tariff. They're not that effective. Something else might be needed, but um, I haven't seen a specific uh, research. On is how there to anything do it. to be gained by an old fashioned plea to people? You know, try not to use as much electricity between five and seven. If you're putting on a wash, do it at eleven o'clock at night or or seven o'clock in the morning. There's loads to be gained by that. Look, I mean, if, if people will respond, fantastic. And there are the smart meter trial would suggest that there is some portion of demand, a decent chunk of demand between five and seven, that people are happy to either curtail or move. So obviously you're not going to say, oh, I'll wait until half past seven to have my cup of tea. But you might say, I'll wait until half past seven, put the dishwasher on. Yeah. These are things that really can make a difference. And Absolutely. the more people that do them, the better. Or you don't need to fill the kettle completely full to have the, the cup of tea. Just, just briefly before you go... How worried are you about this coming winter and and, and the prospect of of power outages uh, or or power shortages? Certainly the probability of having power shortages is the highest it's been for a long time. Um, However, we should remember that we do experience blackouts for other reasons, technical reasons. Every time we have a big storm, um, a lot of houses are knocked off. And that is really, really awful. And it tends to take an awful lot longer because it can take a few days sometimes for ESBN to get everybody back up. Power shortages as a result of insufficient supply, I would hope that they would be shorter in duration. They probably more just occur around the peak. If we can avoid them, that would be amazing. Um, but unfortunately, unless the wind blows our way, we may be looking at that this winter. OK, we better pray that the wind blows this winter. Moran Lynch, energy economist at the ESRI. Thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.